the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single day. Alongside our Tuesday co-host, Kevin McGuire, the host of Locked On Nittany Lions, I'm Nate Dickinson. We've got a Tuesday show lined up for you that's packed with all sorts of Big Ten news, and we continue our Big Ten season preview as we continue to roll along with the position groups running backs up today with Kevin here on Locked On Big Ten. But first, the show today is brought to you by Rock Auto. It's the best prices you can get on anything that you could ever really need for your car. So as those summer months start to wind down, make sure you get those cruises in and get it without anything going wrong by making sure everything's up to date at rockauto.com, helping you get the show today. Kevin, as we start up here on the program, I want to ask first about the big news under center at Ohio State, a player that we did not think was going to be there quite yet, five-star QB Quinn Ewers has decided to reclassify and join this class of 2021 and in turn join this quarterback competition. Your initial thoughts as Ohio State's situation gets a lot more interesting, even though it is really the rich just getting richer with them getting Quinn Ewers there a little earlier. So I've got two thoughts about this when I saw this news developing. First and foremost, uh, name, image, and likeness. <laughs> he is going to get a chance to capitalize on this new opportunity that all these college athletes are getting. And I I would be shocked if that's not a part of the equation here. But on the other side is, what is this Ohio State quarterback situation now? Because we already kind of were wondering where they were going to be going here. And is this going to mean that they – were a little bit desperate? Are they looking to maybe uh, encourage him to get in involved into the quarterback room as soon as possible so they can begin this transition with him? I don't know. I think this Ohio State quarterback situation is still whoever's going to be the quarterback at Ohio State. I think Ohio State's going to be just fine. But I, this is a new wrinkle to the, the preseason uh, preview of coverage for Ohio State that I wasn't quite prepared for just yet. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get to it with the running backs. That's kind of my thoughts on a guy like Master Teague who could be in the backfield for Ohio State. Like, whoever's back there, it, they're going to be just fine, whatever happens. Ohio State's not going to be suffering too much. But it does bring up a little bit of a competition here as the freshman comes in. And you mentioned as well, this NIL stuff matters a lot. He said that when Texas decided not to allow high school players to make money off that NIL, then it was really a much easier decision for him to be able to reclassify and start making that money right away. And why blame him at that point? He's just going to be able to get paid. But getting back onto the football field, do you think this is somebody who could legitimately start week one for this football team that's going into a season right now where it's expected to perform big and, again, it's less than a month away from the first snaps? Because that's what some people are saying now, is that he's legitimately in this QB competition at the start of the season? Well, I guess it is a wide open competition as we get closer to the start of the season. But I think that just the fact that he didn't get a chance to go through spring football, 
I think that puts him behind the curve uh, as far as Ohio State's quarterback situation is concerned. And like I said, yeah, I was already expecting that Ohio State was going to be okay at the quarterback position anyway. Uh, but I think that that it's going to be there's a little catching up to do because as talented as he may be, he may be great uh, from his first game. I don't know, but. There is something to be said about having a little bit of experience at the college level, especially at the high level that Ohio State likes to play and has played. I, I think that there's some expectation that he may be able to just jump right in. I wouldn't be quite as enthusiastic about it just yet, just because he is still a young player coming in and uh, to a very, very solid program. A lot of expectation, a lot of weight on his shoulders. I would just kind of ease him in a little bit. And just the fact that they're able to get him involved in the, the quarterback picture for the fall, that helps him get on track. But week one starter, I, I probably will believe it when I see it at this point. Right. Yep. That's kind of my thoughts as well. But just to kind of drive home that point of this being the rich getting richer, this comes from Andrew Lind put on Twitter earlier today. This is the first, or I'm sorry, not the first time. This is with, uh, with you... I'm sorry, I'm forgetting about, I'm totally spacing on the guy's name right now. Quinn Ewers, with his addition, Ohio State has the most highly rated recruit it's ever had on offense in this 2021 class, and the two highest rated recruits ever on the defensive side of the ball, too, with JT Tuamuloa and Jack Sawyer. And I don't know, uh, do you know how to pronounce the last name on that other guy? I don't know if you know these recruits more than I do. I, I think you did all right. Um, okay. you know, I could I could stand to be corrected as well, but I think, you, I think it sounded good to me. T-U-I-M-O-L-O-A-U. But we'll get to know his name, I'm sure, very, I'm sure we will. <laughs> very soon. Yeah. Again, Ohio State just keeps on getting better. Kevin McGuire is here to talk football with us all the time, and Ohio State will definitely be a big part of that, as they will be when we get back here to talk about Big Ten running backs. Our Big Ten football preview continues here as we go through every position group and team in the conference in the month leading up to the start of the Big Ten football season. We've got running backs with Kevin coming up here on the program in just a moment. Kevin, it's a really, really tough position to kind of try and gauge, but in the Big Ten at least, we've got two of the best of the best out there coming back here. So at least at the top, it's looking like it may be kind of a clear-cut tier, and we'll get into things in a moment. But I want to ask you real quick, who is your kind of prime-time running back going into this season, the leader in the clubhouse? You already mentioned him. Master Teague, I think, is the guy that Ohio State can rely on, will rely on, and I think he's going to be very difficult for a lot of Big Ten defenders to bring down this year. I think... With the, the slight question at the quarterback position, this is a big year for Master Teague to kind of uh, put the weight on his shoulder pads a little bit, and I think he's fully capable of doing that. And he's going to have some big game opportunities, obviously against Oregon, later on against Penn State, a game against Indiana, obviously the Michigan game later on. I think he's going to be the, the primetime running back in the Big Ten for this 2021 season. Well, Master Teague, not one of the two all-Big Ten selections I was referring to from last season. Not even guaranteed to be getting all the touches at Ohio State. The Buckeyes have the highest-rated freshman running back coming in in the entire country. So that means we've got plenty to talk about here as we get into our next segment with running backs in the Big Ten. It'll all, of course, go down in just a minute right here on Locked On Big Ten. With Kevin McGuire, I'm Nate Dickinson. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. BetOnline.ag is the place to go for any of your online sportsbook needs. The baseball season is back underway. The NBA Finals are wrapping up. And of course, I know you're already looking at some of those football futures for the fall as well. 
whatever your need may be. As far as sports betting goes, betonline.ag can help you make your money. Head on over to betonline.ag right now for all the best lines, all the news you need to make sure you're up to date before you put those bets in, and we'll get you some free money to start out with too. If you go to betonline.ag right now and use our promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% on top of whatever you put into your account that first time you put money in. Just add it on for free. Thanks to the people over at BetOnline. It's BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single day. Alongside our Tuesday co-host and the host of Locked On Nittany Lions here on the network, we're with Kevin McGuire as we continue along with our Big Ten season previews. Every position group, every team, and today with Kevin, we're going over running backs. It's an exciting position, especially in the Big Ten. These teams know how to run the football well. It showed last year, Kevin, and it shows again here today. I want to get into Master Teague, the guy that you said could be the breakout guy here in the backfield in this conference. But first, there's a couple of guys who are holding this crown right now still from last season who need to give it up before Master Teague can take it. When you're looking at guys like Mo Ibrahim, the Big Ten running back of the year last year from Minnesota, or Tyler Goodson out of Iowa, a couple of teams over there in the West who have established running back cores who you know are going to continue to use those guys if you watched them at all last season. It's not just skill, it's also game plan with them. So it's no reason to think that either of those players are going to have any sort of less than year this year as to what they had last season because none of the touches are going away from them really and obviously the skill's still all there too. What do you think about just those two guys who are at the top right now, Ibrahim and Goodson? Because I don't see any sort of way where they fall off. No, I, I really don't either. And I didn't mean to disrespect either of those guys right. when I brought up Master Teague, but I just feel as though, uh, it, first of all, with Iowa, you always know that there's going to be a good running back in the fold there. It just seems like that is what Iowa does, sort of like Wisconsin as well. And Minnesota, I, I'm a big fan of Mo Abraham. I think he has been a really, really big pleasure to to watch grow and develop. Uh, been a big, big part of uh, Minnesota's success recently too. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens. Like you said, neither one of them are going to be losing any count or reps this year. Uh, all the carries are going to go through them first and foremost. They're going to be big factors in those running games uh, for those offenses. So I, I think just looking around the Big Ten West, I think there's going to be a lot of fun running backs to be seen there. Uh, you know, like I said, Iowa's always got somebody. Wisconsin always has somebody you can rely on. I think that will probably be the case once again this year as well. And uh, Mo Ibrahim in Minnesota. I'm expecting big numbers out of these guys this year. The only reason I said Master Teague is because I do feel like if Ohio State's going to continue to play at that championship level, I do think that he's capable of being one of those key players that's going to make some big plays along the way. I'm not quite having the same kind of playoff expectations for Iowa and Minnesota. That's why I kind of uh, went with Master Teague there. But yeah, I think Big Ten West, you've got some really good running backs in that division. It's going to be tough when you go up against these running offenses against against anybody in that division, really. Well, I do want to talk more about Master Teague in that Ohio State backfield, Kevin. But first, let's get to your Penn State Nittany Lions. Again, you're the host of our Nittany Lions show here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And right now, a bit of a controversy there in the backfield as to who is going to get those big stats. No, Kane's back there. Devin Ford's back there as well. I'll let you take it away. What do you think about just the situation right now for the Nittany Lions trying to figure out running the football? 
Well, I don't think there's a whole lot that needs to be figured out, but you've got a new offensive coordinator, Mike Yurisich, who's got a responsibility to figure out exactly how he wants to use these different guys. Uh, Noah Kane was banged up very early on last year, pretty much after the season kicked off. Noah Kane was out for the year. So having him come back at 100% health, I think will be a big asset for Penn State because I think he can be a big, strong running back. You can expect him to make some big runs, uh, You know, just kind of chug along. Uh, they, they can use him as their main running back, but they've got good depth around him. Kevon Lee was one of the younger players who really got a chance to take advantage of some of the extra opportunities he had last year when Penn State's running back depth really took a hit early on. Uh, Devin Ford went through a little bit of a, a growing experience last year, had some mis unfortunate plays, didn't quite get the same kind of production he was hoping for, but he was also thrown into a, a big spot very early on in the season. I just don't think he was prepared for that. And then there's also the addition of a uh, Baylor transfer, John Lovett, uh, who comes in, who's an experienced Got starting experience, uh, performed well for that Baylor offense when he was there. Uh, and James Franklin says, says that he can potentially be a home run threat at times. But I really do think that this is an offense that could spread the ball around a little bit. So they've got three guys on the Doak Walker watch list this year. I don't think any of them are going to really stand a chance because I don't think that any of them are really going to have the yardage that you need to take home that kind of a reward. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to be key to what Penn State does this year. I think the running game could be pretty solid for Penn State. Have to stay healthy, of course. That wasn't the issue last year, or that wasn't the case last year, I should say. And, um, you know, I, I just feel as though they've got different guys that they can use different ways. Yeah, I, I love split backfields, but they're just not great for winning awards or fantasy football leagues or anything like that. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Buckeyes now. We talked a lot already and touched on Master Teague, the third, but I mentioned already, you have Trevayon Henderson in there coming in as just a freshman who is, again, one of the tops in the nation as far as that position goes. But, I mean, when you look at the running back position, it's been J.K. Dobbins, who is, of course, making waves in the NFL now, Trey Sermon, who was great for Ohio State last season. And now it is kind of like a line of succession, well, all over the field for these Buckeyes with how yeah. good they are everywhere. But at the running back spot, it just feels like this is Teague's turn. And he's been someone who... One just has been on people's radar because he has a really cool name, but also he has a lot of talent too. Yeah, it's always nice to have the talent to back up the awesome name. And he certainly has that in spades there. And I think that you're right. I mean, obviously we have seen flashes of him. We have seen moments where he looks like he can be the guy. And now he's going to be tasked with being that guy because as ridiculously talented as Ohio State is, uh, certainly at the wide receiver position, which I know you're going to be talking about wide receivers at some point this week, I'm sure. Uh, expect to hear some Ohio State coverage there as well. Uh, but there is just so much a talent around this Ohio State offense where I feel like Master Teague, even though there's a really hot freshman coming in and, and Brian Day would be foolish not to utilize him as well. I feel like you got to rely a little bit more on your experience back and allow him to make some of those big plays that you need in crunch time because there's going to be some third and shorts at some point that you're going to have to convert. Why not hand the ball off to Master Teague, who can be a physical back and uh, pound it up the way that way? It, just to drive the point home, 789 yards as a true freshman as the backup last yeah. season for Master Teague the third. So a testament to one, how good he is, and two, just the kind of numbers that Ohio State puts up as a team just in general, too. So he's got plenty of resume to his name to break it down. A couple other names I wanted to go over with you, Kevin. I had Cam Porter of Northwestern to talk about real quick. Also, Hassan Haskins of Michigan and Jalen Berger of Wisconsin. I want to start there because this is a Wisconsin running back. You mentioned 
the Badgers are going to run the football. So you know he's going to be able to have a chance here. But after a limited role in his freshman season, I'm just trying to figure out what is it this guy does that's going to make him the Wisconsin running back that we're used to seeing. Yeah, I think um, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but I don't think they've got a Jonathan Taylor in their running game right now. That doesn't mean that they don't have good running backs and he may very well be a very good one. But I I think uh, this might be a relative down year as far as Wisconsin running production is concerned. And I think part of that is because they also feel like they've got a pretty good quarterback at play, too. So I think that kind of takes away some of the pressure from having to run the football like Wisconsin has traditionally done. So if Graham Mertz is going to perform at the quarterback position, I feel like you can get away with not running the the ball 40 times a game or whatever it is. Uh, so I feel like maybe that opens up some opportunities because if Wisconsin, if you have to defend a Wisconsin passing game, all of a sudden maybe you have a little bit less attention span for what they're doing running the football. So maybe maybe that balances things out a little bit. Maybe that goes to Wisconsin's advantage on the ground too. Yeah, well, we'll see how all that plays out. But definitely, I think I agree, a situation where you don't have that kind of clear-cut Wisconsin-style running back that's going to be able to drive you through games. So we'll see what ends up happening as far as the strategy goes up in Madison once the season gets started. And of course, as you're well aware, they've got a pretty big test to start up the season up against Penn State and the Nittany Lions, too. Moving on to Cam Porter at Northwestern and Hassan Haskins of Michigan, actually, because I kind of put both these guys in the same boat. I see talent, but I see a whole lot of stuff going on around them that could easily stop them from having any sort of breakout season or really getting their name out there at all. It just seems like these guys, whether it be like the offensive line situation or with Michigan, just a whole lot of stuff that these guys need something else outside of their own abilities to go right for them to be able to be the guys who are able to step up and like make their names known with everybody else in this conference. Yeah, there's something about being a gritty running back, but if you don't have support around you, that may not get you very far. And I feel like that's probably the situation, certainly for Northwestern, probably for Michigan as well. I I might be a little bit more optimistic about what Michigan can potentially do this upcoming season than some other people, but I I do think that Hassan Hoskins uh, has a very good opportunity to be a key player for whatever Michigan ends up doing this year, but he's going to need some help. He's going to need some opportunity to break open some lanes. He needs that offensive line to block in front of him. And uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe he can break a big run or two in a game. So it's going to be tough. I I do think that there are a lot of question marks uh, surrounding those two particular programs that aren't necessarily a a fault of the running backs. Uh, But yeah, I think you're right. I think they need some other pieces to fall into place for those guys to really take things to the next level for their respective programs. Kevin, we talked about just about all of the running backs in the Big Ten that are going to be making either a big impact individually or helping their teams in a big way on a national stage. Is there anybody else here that you feel like we're missing real quick? Because I I ran up and down the list and I was trying to make sure that there wasn't anybody else that I'm not exactly taking account of. But I'm trying to figure out who we may have missed. I can't think of anybody. I mean, those are all the names that I could think of when I we were approaching this conversation. And I think we touched on all of them. So I'm sure somebody from Nebraska will point out and say, hey, well, why don't you talk about us? But you know what? That's just the case. I mean, I don't, can't think of any. I don't even know who's running the football for Nebraska this year, to be honest with you. Going Adrian, Mar- Adrian Martinez is. Yeah, I, I was going to say, it's probably going to be the quarterback. But uh, And I think maybe that's a concern. I don't know. But um I think the Big Ten certainly has a good wealth of running backs coming into the season. We just touched on all of these big names and really key players for all these teams. I think if any of those teams are going to have success this year, we're going to hear those names of the running backs fairly often. Yeah, I mean, if it 
running you're talking about the Big Ten in Wisconsin and everything else around it, that hard-nosed kind of culture and reputation it's built, there's certainly going to be backs here in this conference that make a name for themselves. We'll find out exactly who that is, as we already, as we mentioned, have three or four who have already done just that in the conference, too. Well, we'll talk more about football later on. We had Kevin mentioned, and a good time to plug, we'll have Jacob Rudon, the new host of Locked On Hoosiers, introducing a new host to our network in the Big Ten network of podcasts here on the show. He's going to be on on Wednesday tomorrow to go over wide receivers with us here on the program. But first, we've got to finish up with Kevin here. We're going to talk a little bit of preseason rankings as the Big Ten season's getting ready to start up. All of the media outlets out there are putting together their little preseason predictions. And we're going to go one level lazier by just talking about what they had to say, Kevin. That's coming up here to end the program on Locked On Big Ten. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. Well, it's that time of year when you want to go out and take the car for a cruise, but you never want anything to go wrong when you're trying to relax out there on the road. So go on over to rockauto.com and make sure that you're getting all the parts that you may need for a repair or just an upgrade on your car at the best price and with the easiest route to getting it done, too. Rock Auto has everything that you might need for your car. They can make sure that the part that you're getting is the perfect part exactly that you need. And they cut out the middleman of either the dealership or the part shop that can upcharge you quite a bit. You'll get the best prices and it delivered to your front door right there at rockauto.com. Head on over to rockauto.com and if you end up using the service, make sure you let them know that you heard from us by hitting Locked On in their little How Did You Hear About Us box. Welcome back to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single day. Alongside our Tuesday co-host, Kevin McGuire, over at Locked On Nittany Lions, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're wrapping up the show today talking about, well, what everybody else is saying about the Big Ten Conference's football season coming up. Looking at some of the betting lines, the FPI kind of advanced statistics things that people have put together, and just kind of having our comments here as people start to pundit and put together what may happen in the future. I want to pull up first for us, Kevin, a look at some over-under win totals for the Big Ten. And I'll go over the list in a second. But 24-7 Sports posted what they called their updated over-unders for the 2021 season. And as you'll imagine, Ohio State was up there, I think it was 11 or 11 and a half wins. But outside of the Buckeyes, nobody in the Big Ten, at least on the lines, projected to get to double-digit wins. Now, we know at least one other team, or at least I think one other team, unless everyone really beats up on each other, is going to get to that 10 wins. What do you think would be the safest bet as to who you would say would be the most likely to get to double digits? I would probably look at the Big Ten West. And like you said, I think this is a division that can probably have the potential to beat up on itself a little bit and maybe cost a double-digit win team. But I've said before, I think this division comes down to Wisconsin and Iowa. So I would probably lean one of those two schools to sneak into double-digit win territory. And because I'm picking Wisconsin to win this division, I guess I'm going to go with the Badgers. <laughs> but it, it could be very close. I think it's going to be very tight uh, to get to 10 wins. I honestly feel that way. Uh, so that's probably the team I would be most comfortable saying we'll get to double-digit wins outside of Ohio State. Uh, I, I think Penn State could have a chance, but it's a challenging schedule. They're going to need to get some games to go in their favor early on against Wisconsin, uh, against Auburn at home. They also got to play at Iowa too, so it's not going to be easy. But I feel like those games are potentially winnable for Penn State, so I wouldn't necessarily rule them out just yet. But let's see how the first couple of weeks go before I get too far into that one. 
Well, we'll go more over the overs and unders, but just talking about that first week, we do have some percentages from ESPN's Football Power Index put out just on the first week lines across all the Big Ten games. They just released all these odds. And as far as your Nittany Lions go, it was the closest game projected in that first week in the whole conference that anyone plays. It says 54.4%, according to ESPN, a likelihood of Wisconsin winning that game. Is that your premier matchup of that first week? Ohio State-Minnesota is going to be the marquee, perhaps. But as far as what you're looking for is a really good football game, I feel like Penn State-Wisconsin is going to be what you have to tune into. Minnesota-Ohio State, too. But if I'm looking for a game that I'm really thinking I'm betting on which one's going to be like the game I would buy the ticket to to see a good game, it's that one, right? Yeah, I think so. And I'm not just trying to be a homer here, but I mean, it is the Fox big noon kickoff game. So let's, let's just kind of throw that into the conversation as well. So it's getting the national spotlight treatment, at least as far as Fox is concerned. So, and I think, uh, you know, the storylines going into the season, you know, Penn State obviously looking to bounce back a little bit. Wisconsin, both these programs have been very solid uh, throughout the last five, six years, at least as far as I'm concerned. Again, Penn State had a little bit of a setback last year, but Overall track record for both these programs looks like they're pretty good. And that's why you look at these two teams. Um, I'm not ready to say potential Big Ten championship game because there is that team in Columbus that's still going to play some games this year too. But uh, it would not surprise me if these are two teams that are going to be in the top 25, top 15 by the end of the year for sure. Uh, I think that those are two very solid programs and should be a really good test for both teams just to kind of see where they are at the start of the season. And I know there's a lot of... uh, anticipation for that game from both sides looking into it other percentages there and as far as just things that are close and in conference games too, northwestern projected 65 percent favorites over michigan state that first week also west virginia projected to beat maryland that's not all big 10 57.8 percent another close one iowa over indiana 61.1 and then the sad part illinois projected to beat utsa but by 50 uh, 58 percent projection there it's not is Illinois that bad? Like I knew I have kind of established Illinois on the podcast as my bottom of the barrel. Here's who we're going to be making fun of team of this season. But it's, is it that bad? Well, I'm pretty sure when I did the tears with you recently, I had Illinois at the bottom and there is nowhere to go, but up now that slum of a margin against a team like UTSA. That was, that's who it was, right? UTSA. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a little surprising because I do think that there is some talent at Illinois and we'll see what Brett Bielma does. I mean, this is his first opportunity to to coach a team in the big 10. Once again, would not be surprised if they come out with a little bit of a statement game, kind of uh, kind of open the eyes a little bit. They'll get a dose of reality later on, but I think that that's a good situation for Illinois to open up the season with a comfortable victory. I'll say. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And again, hopefully for Illinois, they can pull off that first week win. Kevin, it's been a lot of numbers here in this last segment, and I know that can be confusing to listeners, but I do just want to end here by going back to those over-under win totals. I don't really even want explanations from you unless unless there's something I'm really surprised by, I'll ask. But I'll just want to run down real quick before we go. Give you every team and where they have it at, and I just want to get real quick your over or under just to kind of get a feel on where you're at with these squads compared to the expectations. Are you ready? Real quick, I will just say, yeah, I'm going to give you the gut reaction without even breaking it down the schedule because I don't have the schedules in front of me. I yes. couldn't tell you with the schedule. So I'll give you the gut reaction if that helps. Right, yeah, yeah. The schedules obviously matter, but let's just go right. off like what we're thinking about the football team right now. Because again, sure. that yeah, yeah, we know how that goes. Uh, we'll start with Minnesota. Set at seven, I thought the Gophers have been lowly projected throughout, but it's been consistently 
going up to where I think would be more appropriate. Yeah, I think they could hit an over of seven. That's my gut reaction. I think that Minnesota is a pretty decent team this year. Mm -hmm. Moving on, let's go down Northwestern. Six and a half wins after playing in Indy last season. I feel like they're right at six. So I guess I would go just under. That's probably more just based on the, the division beating up itself a little bit. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't think Northwestern's obviously going back to that spot, but I'm willing to give them that half a win from the Big Ten title game last year wins we've talked about how they're less than good less than good yeah um th that's probably a good way to say it. i'm guessing i'm gonna go under <laughs> why not <laughs> purdue's an interesting team could end up kind of all over that division in the east but right now projected at five wins yeah i'm gonna go under on that i think it's gonna be a little bit of a disappointing year for uh, jeff brom there Another team that, again, could end up all over the place down in Indiana, Indiana. Uh, the Hoosiers projected at seven wins over under. I'm still going to go over. Um, I've said before, I think Indiana does take a little bit of a step back because I think some of the other teams in this division are going to be a little bit better. But uh, over that number, I'm, I'm going to like that because I think this is a good team. I've established myself as not sold on Michael Penix Jr. Not saying he's not good. I'm established as not sold yet. Jacob Root already said he's going to have a talk with me about that <laughs> on tomorrow's show. So we'll see what he has to say about it. Rutgers is at five and a half wins. I'm going under. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm at the same way. And I, I mean, we'll talk about Rutgers too. But right now, let's move on to Maryland, which is another team I find interesting. It's six wins. Jay Stevens said that Talia Tungavailoa is going to get Heisman attention this season yesterday. No, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> disagree. I disagree, too. I think he was saying partially because of his last name. That would probably be the only reason for it. Not to say that he doesn't have potential, but no, we're not we're not talking Heisman with him just yet. Mm -hmm. No, not quite yet. But again, he did have a few really, really big games last season that have people over there excited. I'm well aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was on the Locked On Gophers pod, and Minnesota was a victim of that as well. So, yeah, yeah we're, we're both well aware. Over <laughs> to the west side, Iowa's at eight and a half wins. I like the over. Yeah, I like the over of Iowa. Me too. They've got enough, uh, again, in that division, they've got enough wins on average, I think, if you simulate those seasons a hundred times to be able to get that. Michigan State's at six and a half. That's an interesting one when I first saw it. Yeah, that feels a little high to me. So I'm going to go with the under on that. I think Michigan State's got a little bit more rebuilding. Six and a half might be a stretch, I would say. Getting into the only other teams that really challenged 10 wins in those predictions. Penn State's at nine for your Nittany Lions. Yeah, nine feels like square on where I would have them. So I kind of want to go with a push. But if I have to go with an over and under there, I'm going to go over. I, I Like I said, I think there's a lot of winnable games for Penn State uh, outside of Ohio State. I would not be surprised if they get to 10 wins. Um, I think it's going to be a challenge to get there, though. Uh, Wisconsin clocks in at nine and a half, just over Penn State, maybe because of the division they're in. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I know I just said they've got the potential to be that double-digit win team, but if I had to go, if it's nine and a half, I'm probably going to yep. go at that nine as my ceiling there. Mm -hmm. And then Nebraska comes in at six. <laughs> this is probably the most intriguing one out there because I don't know if Nebraska gets the six wins again this year, but I feel like it's got to happen at some point. Um, six wins. I can't go over. I can't go over six wins. If I'm going one way or the other, I'm going to go under six wins. I think is that ceiling. But if I've got to choose, I'm going to go under here. 
And then we'll skip Ohio State with 11. And at 7.5, our final school, Michigan, seems like that might be a blue blood line set. Maybe, but I think it can go over. Um, you know, like I said, I, I, for whatever reason, I just feel a little bit more optimistic about Michigan than I think a lot of people are. It almost feels like they're flying completely under the radar this year. I know they've got a lot of question marks, but I also feel like they do have talent there. Uh, so there's going to be some challenges their way. There's no question about that. But I think that this could be a better Michigan team than a lot of people are expecting. Well, you know that the talent is out there and the support is there with the school in Michigan every year, but that that has never been the concern the last few years with Harbaugh and his coaching staff out there. So we'll see if he can end up fixing the things that are the concerns with the job that he's done this season. And we'll, of course, hear from Kevin McGuire every single Tuesday right here on Locked On Big Ten. He'll be back next week to talk about something else here. I don't know if it'll be close to on the edge of when we switch over from the positions to the actual teams, but... We'll have something to preview here with Kevin going into the football season next week. And we did just get his kind of overall thoughts on these teams right now as we took a look at what some people had to say most recently about where these teams are at. Kev, thanks for joining us here on a Tuesday as you do every single week. Be sure to tune in to Locked On Nittany Lions. He does that every single day and takes the extra time to jump on with us once a week too. So he deserves your follow, subscribe, whatever it is that you do on however you're listening or tweeting or following your podcasts and all that. Kevin, thanks for joining us as always here on a Tuesday. We'll talk to you next week. Nate, it is always a pleasure to talk about something with you every Tuesday. So we'll do it again next week for sure. <laughs> Cannot wait. For Kevin McGuire, our Tuesday co-host, I'm Nate Dickinson. This has been Locked On Big Ten.